got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond. This is Dummies with Wisdom. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Dummies with Wisdom podcast with Ben and JJ. How you doing? Oh, I am just like a, uh, man, I am just like a pigeon in a haymow, you know? Oh, I feel that. Sometimes. It makes no sense, but at the same time, man, it is just so truthful, so insightful. <laughs> that's the and that's why you guys analogy. are listening to us, for that wisdom and insight. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wisdom and insight, I got another question for you. You ready? Hit me. All right. So this one I've got is, do you have to be all in to be a Christian? So I guess to start off, what we want to start talking about is what does it actually mean to be all in as a Christian? Right. And this is going to look different for everybody. Um, I mean, honestly, I would say, I'd, I'd say we would both put ourselves um, somewhere on that all in scale. Um, obviously, I think we would both agree there's more we could be doing as believers. I mean, even even doing this podcast and taking, um, you know, quite a few hours to, to do it be- between the recording, the editing, having to set up all the logistics and everything. We've, we've spent quite a bit of time and we'll continue to do that. Um, and that's not to, that's not to put us on a pedestal or anything, but being all in is going to look different for everybody. I would say, uh, it depends on, depends on really your heart. Uh, for us, this is part of what we think we can contribute to the kingdom, what we can do to, to help people. Some people can write books, you know, you got pastors that can preach every week. You've, you, people can do a lot of things. Um, some of us are gifted in some ways that others aren't. So that's going to look different for everybody. Right. And talking about the body of Christ and not all of us have the same strengths, but as like the body of Christ, like some of us are the hands, some of us are the head, mm-hmm. some of us are the, right. the feet. Like we are, we all function differently all to make up, um, the body. So I know, I know, uh, a story that your dad told us about how uh, a Jehovah's witness came to y'all's door at one point and uh wanted to argue him about well probably more he wanted to argue them about uh yeah biblical exactly. theology and so he he got one of their uh, their bibles the uh the new world translation i think it is yeah and, something like and, that yeah and and took it put it up against the greek because he's smart and <laughs> met this guy later for for coffee or whatever and basically told him why that translation is wrong now for you and me like <laughs> First off, neither one of us are anywhere near equipped to do that, um, but that's also just not not who we are. And so I think like that. I think that's a kind of an illustration of for, for quote all in. That's something he can do that I can't. While there's some things that you and I can do that he couldn't, or anybody else for that matter. Here's here's what I would say. Here's what I would say about being all in because we haven't actually defined it. We've been talking around it, but to actually try to hit the nail on the head. We both believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we both believe that to become a Christian, to be saved, is a complete transformation of our heart. It's not just a matter, yes, it's a matter of faith and believing in Jesus, but it's not just that. You can't, you know, there's the verse that um, Jesus says, even the demons believe and shudder. They believe, but they don't have that inward transformation. Right. And even more so than surrender, I think, not necessarily from... I mean, maybe from a biblical standpoint, but especially in a worldly standpoint, this should seem very radical. This should right, seem very, right. it, well, really, it should seem very holy. Like I was going to say, ra- radical, 
but not but realistic. I mean, because right. I I, that, I immediately thought of David Platt with his book Radical, and David Platt right. is kind of the whole. If you're a Christian, <laughs> you should move to a mud hut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you do that, that's great. But you and me probably are not going to be doing that. I mean, it depends on your, you know, definition of radical. But that's right, exactly right, what right. like I mean, like even that aspect of like, yeah, we may not be moving to a mud pit, but even within us. A mud pit. What, I, mud, what did I say? Mud pit? You said mud pit. I have yet to hear of a culture where they live in a mud pit. Pits of mud. I don't know. Mud hut. Well, hey, hey, there might be people in a mud pit. Like, you never well, know. Man, they, yeah. But yeah, just exactly what you're, what we were kind of saying before we, you know, started trying to define this thing. Like, yeah, I may not go, neither of us may go to like the deepest parts of the Sahara to spread the word right that's not to say that we're going to either of us are going to do something that's more radical or someone else may not be that person that actually does go to the sahara and you know preach the gospel in however manner that may fit right so i mean all in is going to be different depending who you are but i think it's it, it is a a radical complete surrender and transformation to the will of god in that you're going to live your life a certain way and, and towards that certain goal, no matter what you may be doing. That's not to say that we all have to be missionaries, obviously. But does that right. mean, are you, are you living your life with that as the actual goal? Because we can say like the whole like, yeah, my whole point is to you know, make disciples. And, but if, if you don't ever do anything, that's not your whole point. But I think we need to, we need to point out too that there is a, a point of all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think there is a line there, but as fallen human beings, I think we also have to say that there, there is a scale of all in because I think we all would agree that we could always be doing something to be more all in, but that's right. not to say that we're, I mean, this is just the, the limits of language, but I would say that you can be quote all in without reaching that line. Because I mean, honestly, if we, if we know we have to reach that line, then nobody would ever be a Christian because there's always more you can be doing. That being said, I think I think you have a a categorical all in, mm-hmm. right? And as you're talking about with like you know the lack of you know just vocab available, honestly, in the last couple of years, I think what I've found in my own faith to kind of be that I don't know the word that kind of sums up what I'm at least trying to do is like a willingness, and what I've seen in Scripture is. Yeah. a willingness on the part of the people to do what the Lord wants. And I think something that honestly Western culture doesn't really want to hear is anything the Lord wants or desires or needs us to do. That's, that's what he called Israel to do. And the all as a nation, he called them to be willing to follow him, to trust in him, to do what he asked them to do, not just for their sake, but for the sake of the world, for the sake of everyone around. he did that, on a big scale, he did that with Moses. Moses led the entire nation out, and he was like, I need a willing heart. Kind of that small person, right. you know, big idea type concept that God likes to use a lot. Even Paul. I, I do want to walk back, actually, on something I said because you just made a really good point. Um, I want to, or at least clarify that when I was talking about all in being what, you know, can I do more? I, I don't want that to mean in a, in a works-based way where it's a mm-hmm. matter of, can I be doing more for Jesus? Because sometimes, like you said, it's it's a willingness, and sometimes we're not meant to be doing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's it's a it's a mindset of am I willing to do anything versus I'm just not doing something. 
I mean, look at even Jesus. He lived for 30 years before he began his ministry. Right. So, I mean, that, that doesn't mean he wasn't all in for those 30 years. It just means that that wasn't his time yet. Right. I think that's, that's a great way to, to, to really sum it up is are you completely 100% willing to do whatever God has for you? And are you searching and seeking God for what he has for you? Mm-hmm. And as, as we're going to start talking about as we go, personally, I, I believe that this is probably the biggest, maybe not the biggest, but one of the huge points that the devil or the enemy kind of has a stronghold on. And I think right. that's when it comes to our identity and being able to complete that mission. And I think that's where we have a huge divide. As believers, we understand who Jesus is. We understand what he's done. We accept it. We want to follow it. But I think in a lot of ways, it's not, it, it's not going to be that easy. And there, we do need to give ourselves some grace and understand what grace is that the Lord gives because we're not just going to automatically get it, right? We're, right? We've got training to go through. We've got learning to go through. We've got growing up to do. We've got a constant, we've got a lifelong process of getting to where we ultimately need to be when we see Jesus face to face. Right. I don't think we're saying we just need to go charging on the front lines. There does need to be respect to the growth in that aspect as right. well. Moving kind of on to the main question of of do you have to be all in to be a Christian? Um, why don't we why don't we separate Christians into three categories? Sure. Uh, we will have on one one side your nominal Christians, okay. your ones that are just they go to church on Sunday, maybe they read their Bible once a week, they know about Noah's Ark. That's about it. You've got your your all in Christians that are by and large doing what they can. Mm-hmm. And then you've got that people in the gray area in the middle where they're not just nominal, but they're not just they're not all in either. And why don't right. why don't why don't we why don't we talk about nominal Christians to begin with there, as far as this topic goes? So for both of us, I can speak to again. You know, we're studying, we're trying to seek through this, and I want to be gentle to that side of it because I'm a full believer in the love and the patience of. Christ, but there also has to be, I really, I I really do believe that there, that surrender aspect, that willingness aspect is key. And I think when we start talking about like, when you go to that very first moment of you're accepting Jesus into your heart, there has to be that understanding of surrender and willingness in that, or else I think you miss the point. And I have a hard time looking at scripture and seeing someone who doesn't grasp that and be able to tell them that they're secure. Right. And I, honestly, I, I think nominal Christian is a oxymoron. I mean, think of it like a, a ship. A ship is a big boat. I'm not sure if there's a more technical definition, but by and large, if you say ship, I mean, I'm in my head. I'm thinking like cruise ship, aircraft carrier, battleship, like something right. that's big. Now, could you technically call a a speedboat or or even like a little dinghy? Could you call it a little ship? I, mean, I guess you could, but does that really make sense? No, it's it's not a ship. It's a dinghy. I, I think it, it's kind of that same way with a, with mm-hmm. a nominal Christian. Um, but I think kind of with what you're saying, there has to be some sort of transformation. A Christian has to live by the gospel. Right. Now, that's not say we're not gonna, that we're not going to fail. That's not going to say we're not going to disagree on things and whatnot. But by and large, you have to live your life by the gospel, or you're not a Christian. I mean, that's a that's definition. That's not even theology. That's just. I mean, think. Have Have you ever heard of somebody who claims to be the world's uh, biggest 
football fan, but has not seen a football game since 1983. Right. Like, like that, 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 no, that wouldn't haven't. make any, that wouldn't make any sense. You're not a football fan at that point. You just yeah. are a wannabe or you live in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us have any Brown fan friends. So I think we're in the clear. Uh, dude, I'm from Ohio. That's true. You, you, you would. <laughs> I, I, I'm a Packers then, fan, so I don't feel their pain, but I see their pain. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Hey, next year's their year, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Denver's coming back. You better watch out. So uh, so I, I, I think we're pretty much in, in agreement there uh, that, that nominal Christians, I think, again, we can't say with absolute certainty for every single person, but right. as, as a group, they're not going to be saved people. And I mean, I'm just going to say on the forefront, this is something that I'm not even, I, I really can't say 100% confidently in any of the spectrum. I feel like I'm pretty solid when it comes to like at least understanding this basic aspect, especially when you put into perspective of do I want to be, if I'm put, if my salvation's on the line, if my life is on the line, if my soul is on the line, do I want to be in that category? Absolutely not. This is a living and active dynamic faith, not just something we're going to church to go listen to right and i i think i could say with not 100 percent certainty but about 95 percent certainty that those people as a whole aren't saved not because what they do or who they are they're just simply not saved like a nominal christian mm-hmm. isn't even a christian to begin with and if you're not going to live by the gospel right. at all yeah then like, you're just by definition you can't be a follower of jesus um i think it was matt chandler who had that quote that said you can't call jesus lord and then refuse to do what he says it's right because it's heresy it's an oxymoron it's yeah yeah but as an as a general statement for that group i think we can say that by and large they're not saved people i could be moving into that gray area too but that's what i'm saying i think i think you're moving into that gray area so let's let's talk i mean we kind of already defined all in what that means so why don't we talk about that middle category because honestly that's where this whole conversation is headed is because i think I think most people that are that really think about it would agree that a nominal Christian isn't really a Christian. That all in people are like they they have to be saved or they're not all in. But then you got that middle ground of they're not just nominal Christians. They 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 do live for the gospel. Right. They just don't live entirely for the gospel like the all in people do. Right, and this is where I, I was speaking a little bit to it before, but where we get into, I think, the thick of the battle of the Western church. Like, I feel like this isn't, you don't have this gray area as much in China or in the Middle East. Well, you can't. Right, because, I mean, it's, I think it's it's laid out in such a way that you truly see what it's actually going to take and what the cost is to actually be and a I, believer. I think we're getting that, we're moving that way in the West here. Right, and honestly, it's, at least right now, I feel like it's in a good way that we're not, you know, getting our heads chopped off or, you know, losing family members or anything like that. But right. at least we're able to, like, the line that was never visible is now at least a little bit gray slash maybe you can actually see where the line is. And it's a little bit easier to, like, at least say, okay, I'm on this side or this side. Right. But anyway, I think that's where we are. That's where the battle is in the West is the devil has taken has i love i i i think it's funny that we just both watched the matt chandler revelation series so we're both you know all pumped up about that but on on a side note if if uh i'm 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 sure a lot of people who would listen to this 
haven't seen that, go to the village or yeah, the villagechurch.net yeah. or whatever, the village church out of Dallas, Texas, and listen to the the past series on Revelation. On Revelation. By far the best teaching series I've ever heard from anybody. Yeah, it was really good. But um something that it just it just it hit me in the way that he does it. I love it because he gets so into his talks, but he starts kind of shushing and quieting when he's talking about the devil and he's like that's the that's the strategy of the enemy here it's like shh, it's okay it's okay like you don't have to worry about that right now just Mm -hmm. go back to sleep go back to sleep and i think that's where not even i feel like it's where even some of the all-in christians can sometimes slip into in the west right you know and we'll again we'll get to that i don't want to get too too far ahead but again i think that's where the key battleground is and that's where we have to be really really careful as brothers and sisters in helping each other as the body of Christ, as family to get everyone to that all inside of the spectrum or else we're going to continue to honestly, I don't want to say we're losing the battle because we win, but it, it surely doesn't feel, I don't know about you, losing but it doesn't the battle feel like currently losing like the physical battle. Like I feel like yeah. at least from a physical church standpoint, like obviously the Lord wins right? and there's right. a lot of stuff going on that we can't see. But I mean, I just look at our culture not just the u.s but western culture especially and i say man we are we lack like there could be so much going on that we could be doing something we've kind of established that nominal christians uh from the best that we can understand are not saved people who are all in as a group are going to be saved i think we would both agree that this this gray area gray area gray area in the middle is gonna be from our best estimations we don't know the hearts of people but maybe maybe 50 50 like there's gonna be there's there's no categorical you're saved or you're unsaved in this middle because i think there's gonna be some people that that are saved some people that aren't saved i think it's it's that line of that we don't know of of what does it mean what does it mean to be minimally saved right slash can that even be there's a pastor friend of mine he he preached a series and i think it was galatians and he said there was a a member of his church came up to him in, in the lobby after one of the sermons and looked looked at him and he goes, man, that Paul, man, he was a son of a bee, wasn't he? And he goes, <laughs> I was just like shocked because you don't, you don't hear people say that in the lobby at church to you, the pastor. But right. he said, he said, honestly, he goes, I, the, the guy died um, since then. But he said, he said, I firmly believe that guy was saved. He just wasn't super far along in that sanctification timeline. Mm-hmm. And so I think you've got some people that like, if they'd hear somebody say that, they'd be like, oh, nope, not saved. But then you have some people like the Pharisees who yeah. look like they're saved and they're yeah. not. What's that breaking point? And we don't know that and we're never going to know that. And so I think the, the big point there is we need to get people, regardless of if they're saved or not, get them up to that all in category. I mean, that's what we do. in I don't want to say every aspect of our culture, but like the more maybe competitive or more aggressive um, spheres of our culture, say the military or sports, or maybe even some businesses, if they're doing it right. You mean I getting wish people the, on their side. It's the church, but like, like the aspect of bettering each other, you know, you don't, you train to better yourself, oh, you train okay. to better each other. Yeah. You, you don't just, I, okay. For me being in the air force, I don't just, I didn't just join the air force and then just sit there. You know, it, it's been two and a half years of training that honestly I didn't really want, but I did it 
Hey, oh, I'm you're, you're, better you're for sitting it. on a couch right now, so <laughs> after a ten hour is our, day, is our, is our freedom slipping away because of this? I don't know, but it, my, our AC was not working today, so <laughs> I just well, lost man. a few pounds. Wow, there goes our liberty. <laughs> <laughs> our our goal as Christians should be to get everybody into that all in category as we've established, because I mean, honestly, that's what being a Christian means. That's not to say that those people in the gray area cannot be Christians, but I mean, it's again, kind of going back to the, to the sports analogy. I'm a Packers fan. Actually, yeah. no, let's, let's take this a step further. I'm a, I'm a Buckeyes fan because my mm, blood yeah. does run scarlet and gray. Um, I will argue you all day as to why Ohio is state is great. And the team up North sucks. My whole goal is to is to get somebody who is maybe just a nominal Buckeyes fan to see why the Buckeyes are the best team in the world. Like by <laughs> by the end of that conversation, you should be painting your chest. Yeah, still hasn't <clears throat> happened with me. What? Still hasn't happened with me. Uh, do you even watch college football? Oh, bro, I love. I'm Georgia. Oh, yeah, you're, my a, team. you're a Georgia. Yeah, yeah, because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love what what was it our junior year in college where they were ranked number three for like the whole season and like lost the last four games <laughs> something like that they went to the uh, national championship the next game the next year though yeah they lost though so they you know they were up like 21 24 nothing but so what I'm hearing you okay. say is that Ohio State is the better team. So we're making progress, but <laughs> <laughs> but my whole point is I'm you know if, if I'm trying to convince somebody to become a bigger Buckeyes fan, I I want them to be an all-in Buckeyes fan. I want them to be on my side, fully on my side. I don't want you to be. I remember that friend we had that was simultaneously a Buckeyes and an Alabama fan, and yeah, we hated was... him for everybody hated him. For, you didn't even like college football, and we hated that guy. Um, I think you like Louisville for a little bit in there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and baylor no baylor baylor was the the other big one. Oh man my point is um in the christian realm like you we, that's that's the goal is to get some is to get everybody fully on not just our side but on god's side on the side of the gospel so the the question has to be <laughs> through all of that <laughs> The question has to be asked is those those people who who might fall into that gray area um, from time to time or even for a long time, how are we going to answer their status, I guess, of salvation? So personally, I have a, a hesitation when we start getting into like what you just kind of talked about, like the huge backslide. And again, I'm not, you know, I don't want to speak into the hearts of other people, but I think we start getting into the faith being more emotional. And that's really yeah. the only foundation yeah. that they have. And so, you know, whether whatever it was, you know, it was a camp session or it was a an amazing worship night or some sort of emotional feeling that kind of got them on the team, so to speak. But then yeah. there was never yeah. any actual like I I honestly don't have anything against that either. Like I think that's one hundred percent fine. I think the Holy Spirit uses that well, too. Faith is emotional but to an when there's faith no is found, emotional to an extent. Yeah, you know, it should be. Yeah, exactly. It should be. And but when there's nothing deeper, there's no actual relationship to be built on something that's outside of emotion. I feel like you could almost, you know, compare this to Western marriages and why so many are yeah. failing. Like yeah. you have all this emotional connection, then there was nothing actually really built or even patience to be able to foster anything and they just shatter. 
and so in the, I think in a lot of the ways the same way many people treat their treat the Lord kind of as their you know this next thing that they can you know be a part of we still have I think a big issue with the people who are on the other side of it who have all this knowledge and build up all this all these kind of tools and all these different ways and all of a sudden their egos built up and their pride's built up and it yeah, never becomes yeah. about Jesus it becomes about what they can do for the Lord what they can do for the kingdom and yes that sounds great it doesn't work in practice it doesn't right. it doesn't work in the real world and i think that's something that both me and you when we look at both sides of those spectrums we have a worry and that's where i think we find a lot of those slip and slides of where people either slide off to the nominal side on both spectrums unfortunately but we have to remember that people are either saved or they're not saved there is no middle ground i think this question honestly is is i i asked it with this in mind but i think it's kind of a pointless question because in the end you're either saved or you're not saved if if that's your past if you were all in and then you had a job moment and you fell way to the wayside and you're back to all in I, it doesn't really matter, honestly. If you're saved now, you're saved now. Praise God. If you're not saved now, then we want to get you up up to this in this camp of all in. Mm. It does. I don't think the question is is if you fall into those that gray area or fall into that nominal Christian, are you saved in that moment? It's a matter of are you saved right now? And if they're not right. saved right now, we need to do all we can and you know pray for them, obviously, because. God's the one that changes hearts to get them into that all in camp, to get them to where they know. And hopefully we can tell that they're saved people. Mm-hmm. But I think honestly, it's one of those things where it's, you know, God knows what happened during those, I don't know, two weeks, two months, two years, a decade mm-hmm. Were they saved or not. I don't know. Does it really matter? My question is, are they saved right now or not? I think what I want to speak to and why community is so important like even things like addictions aspects like kind of like what you're talking about even even a more nominal mindset maybe maybe it's just yeah. a simple like i don't care i just don't feel it right now i you know you know kind of go along that's the battle and i don't think that's i think that's a huge misunderstanding right now even in our own lives i catch myself in that if i'm catching myself in those moments or in those seasons of life then i'm right. like either i'm not feeling it or i'm caught up in something and we're all gonna and, have those Right, and that's part of the battle, and that's, I think, I truly believe that's unavoidable, and that's where community comes in. What my big thing is, and I think yours is too, how are we going to react to that? And I think that's what marks the believer. I think just at what can be just as impactful and amazing, whether it's just simply in your life or maybe impacts other people's lives, is when you are in those those dark seasons, those valleys, how do you respond to that? How do you bounce back from those moments? Again, don't do that alone. I do that too much. Don't mm-hmm. do it alone. Yep. But the the way we bounce back and we attack the enemy again, I think that's what, at least in my mind, we can define all in. But in my mind, when I see it, when I envision what all in looks like, I see a bunch of believers who are getting knocked down and they're getting up and charging right up again. Right. And they're walking with the Lord again. They're not backing away from the Lord when they feel like they suck they're not shying away from the lord when they feel unprepared but they're joining the fight in whatever way they feel like the lord um, sees fit so our, our question for today going back to summarize was was do you have to be all in to be a christian and i think what we've i think our, our short answer is possibly uh right we we don't know well we we can say with 
somewhat of a certainty that pretty much all, if not most, nominal Christians are not saved. There's a gray area in the middle and there's all in. And while there might be some people or a lot of people in that gray area that might be saved, the end goal, our entire direction is to, as Jesus said, to go and make disciples, baptizing them in, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and he will be with us always until the end of the age. Our goal is to make hardcore disciples, which means pulling people up from the gray area, pulling them up from the nominal Christian area, pulling them up from the unsaved to get everybody to that all in. And then just applicably, I think for the individual believer and us, we have to understand our identity. We have to understand the mission that's before us so that we can jump back up into the fight and keep going and not hinder ourselves in the effort that the Lord's put before us. And that's all the wisdom we have to give for today. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom.